Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where I invest in dividend stocks for weekly cash flow. The market's going to open up any second now, a minute or two, whatever. But I hope you guys got excited about yesterday. Now, I'm not sure everybody carried over U.S. Steel over the weekend, but it was kind of a nice movement. Now, don't get used to it because it's not going to happen all the time. But when it does happen, just say thank you very much. Take your wife out for dinner. Treat her nice. You know, that kind of stuff. But that being said, we looked at all the dividend kings yesterday. And we even looked at the dividend um, Warren Buffett's list. So today, we're looking at those companies that are at least 100 years old or have some decent... Um, historical performance with the dividend payments. I call it my 100-year-old list because most of the companies on this list are over 100 years. And I got to go, there we go, and what do we have? All right, now we're looking at the last week of the month because we are in August, not July. I was looking at July's list. That's why it looked weird. Okay, so we have two, four, six, eight, ten companies. Nope, not ten companies because we already looked at Bank of America. We already looked at Pepsi. So we have eight. Oh, we should be able to breeze through eight real quick. All right, let's go over what the numbers looked like yesterday because something happened other than U.S. Steel. And I'm going to get to that in a second. All right, first on the list is Ford. Now, Ford, as you remember, I didn't sell premiums last week because the numbers just weren't there. I mean, Ford had fallen from its high down to its low, and trying to get a decent premium on a low point with a $12 stock, and there's the bell. On a $12 stock, you're not going to catch that much. So what I did is I went to the next week out. So this week, I have the Ford options. At, um, what's my position? Hold on a second. My position is 9,100 shares at 13.26. So I sold the 13 call for 10 cents a share, and that's 910 bucks. Can it go above 13 between now and then? Yes, it can. But I didn't use that money for last week's calculations, but I am going to use it for this week's calculations. But this week's calculations got really screwed up with. U.S. Steel, because U.S. Steel just went, blew through the roof. Um, I didn't sell any options on U.S. Steel, Steel last week, but I sold them yesterday, and I got a fat chunk, fatter than normal, something that usually doesn't happen. And we'll go with that once we get there. But let's, let's continue with Ford. Okay, so 30 days ago with Ford, we're at a 30-day high at 14.60. As I was saying... Ford went from the 30-day high of 14.63 to a 30-day bottom, which was Friday. Friday was actually the bottom at um, 12 bucks. Is that the bottom? We don't know. But yesterday, yesterday's bottom was 12.02. Okay, so she opened up at 12.03. She hit the bottom at 12.02, but closed out at 12.20. All right, so... It could continue going up. I don't know. Could this be the bottom for Ford? It should be. Ford, you know, is a decent company. There's plenty of dividends it's been paying out. A lot of historical performance. But it is what it is. 
So we'll keep an eye on that and see how it goes. Kimberly Clark is next. KMB. Now, Kimberly Clark, I've had this thing for 13 weeks now. Every week I've collected a premium and I've collected a dividend. And they're coming up for a dividend again. So, um, I have no problem whatsoever holding on to Kimberly Clark and collecting dividends again. Doesn't bother me a bit. And will I continue to hold it? Hell yeah, they pay great premiums. I mean, I can just sit back and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've done it 12 times already, and I have no problem whatsoever continuing to do so. All right, the 15th we're looking for. Here we go. Right there. Okay, so 30 days ago today, we're sitting at 135.10. Okay, three weeks ago, we had a high of 138.16. Now, we have some pretty good, uh, looks like support. You have, it almost looks like a quadruple bottom, but not quite, but it's close. I'll give you an example. Last Tuesday, 127.51. Last Wednesday, 127.43. Last Thursday, 127.43. Last Friday, 127.71. Yesterday, 127.33. So it's all in the 127 area, you know, the low 127 area, which seems to be where Kimberly Clark has been sitting for the past week. Is that the bottom? I don't know. It could be four four days in a row. It's at the 127, you know, between 127.30, 127.50. So that's a tight range for having a bottom. So I could call it support, but, you know, I'm no genius, but, you know, it is what it is. For the fun of it, what does Kimberly Clark usually do this time of year? So we're going to pull up the seasonality chart. If you guys aren't familiar with the seasonality chart, that is a chart that is a conglomeration of 10 years of data. So imagine taking a one-year chart from January to December and then putting last year's chart right on top of it. The year before's chart on top of that, the year before's chart on top of that, so on and so forth for 10 years. And then you come up with the average movement for the past 10 years based on how the stock has performed. Now, you're probably asking, well, the numbers aren't going to add up. No, the numbers aren't going to add up, but the numerical values will because the high of the year is represented as 100 and the low of the year is represented as 1. So everything else is somewhere in between, between 1, between 2 and 99. So you have the high of the year, which is the high of the year, no matter what the number is, what the dollar figure is, the high of the year is the high of the year, whatever that is. And the low of the year is the low of the year, whatever that is. So you have those two numbers already isolated. Everything else is somewhere in between. Once you get those numbers factored in, you can put it onto a chart and you have the average movement based on the valuation of the high and the low of the year. So, whatever. Some kind of mathematical equation. Okay, so Kimberly Clark is in an interesting situation at this moment in time because Kimberly Clark is rapidly advancing to the high of the historical performance year. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm looking at the chart, the seasonality chart of how Kimberly Clark looks. So from January um, to, let's say, mid-March, it's kind of like going sideways. And she goes up a little to a trading range. She, she settles into a trading range between April and June. Okay, then she moves up to the high of the year. Now, the high of the year is in mid-August. Okay, 
Aren't we close to mid-August now? Matter of fact, we are. So, after mid-August, this thing drops really quick to the middle of September. And it slowly disintegrates to the beginning of November. Now, at the beginning of November, she does a 180 and shoots up to end up the year almost close to the year high. Now, that's historically that's historically uh, uh, um, the way it goes, for the past 10 years anyway. You'll, you'll find it almost every chart. You're going to have an anomaly in the March area because of the pandemic where everything just dropped. Now, that's an anomaly. It doesn't happen all the time. If I could take that year out, I would love to because when is that ever going to happen again? It happened once. The people saw the... Uh, the wizard behind the curtain, and they're probably not going to do it again. I sure shit ain't going to do it. Um, anyway, so Kimberly Clark, I got another week or so before it reaches its annual high, and then it slowly drops off until the, the beginning of November. Personally, I'd like to be out of it by then, but if I'm not, I will deal with it and I will continue collecting the premiums. But anyway, that's Kimberly Clark. Um, PPG. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting. PPG had a nice movement yesterday. It, I can't say larger than average movement because if you look at all the numbers, if you look at the past couple of months with PPG, I'm looking all the way back into June. Okay. You have some days where we have huge movement. Yesterday has a huge movement. It opened at 136.49, hit a high at 140. Okay, that's a four almost a four dollar move. Um on the 9th, 142. Right? No, that opened to the wrong direction. Uh, the 21st, 146 to 152. That's a $6 move. Um, the 17th, 149, 151, $3 move. Right around $3. Um, the 27th, last month, 141 to 145, another $4 move. So, and oh, one more. Look at this. 138 to $142, another $4 move. So this thing has $4 moves. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. All right, within a two pair, two month period, I'm looking at about six to eight four dollar moves in a day. So, here's the scenario. I'm into PPG at one fifty. I sold the one thirty nine calls at two at one ten. It is now at two ten. So, am I going to buy it back today at two ten and lose that one buck? Or am I going to wait and play the week out, see what happens? Because I only have 500 shares. And to lose $10 on 500 shares, that's 5000 bucks. That wipes out my, my lovely U.S. Steel profit for the week. So that's definitely not going to happen. So this one I have to keep my eye on. As I was saying, I bought it at 150.62. It's at 139.63, which is in the money, which means if it doesn't go back down, then someone's going to end up buying it from me at 139. 
and I'm going to be losing $10 a share. So I got to keep my eye on this one. See how it performs today and tomorrow. Because yesterday could have been a fluke. I don't know. A $4 move. That being said, PPG is going to be on my list. Target is next on the list, TGT. All right, last 30 days for Target. 30 days ago. Whoops, not quite. 30 days. All right, so 30 days ago, we're sitting at 130.80. Okay. The high, wait, 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 wait. 30 days ago was the 30-day low. Okay, it opened up at 130.80 and it hit a low at 128.55. Okay, got to clarify that. That's 30 days ago. Three weeks ago, we have a high at 138.28. All right, fine, dandy. But two days later, you hit the 30-day, not really the 30-day high, but the 30-day high in which people start taking profits. And that's 136.89. That was on the 31st. Then you have profits, 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 until you get to a new low of yesterday. It's not a 30-day low of yesterday, but it did hit bottom at 128.87. It could be a soft bottom. I don't know. We need more data, which would be today and tomorrow, which give me more data to see if this is the new 30-day um, soft bottom. But it's at 129.42. They paid an insane premium okay so i'm originally into this at 135 i sold the 134s for 335 a share okay 335 a share on target thousand shares that's 3300 bucks on that one move it gets better u.s steel if you were paying attention Last 30 days, where are we? Right there we go. 30 days ago, we were sitting at 24.83. We have our 30-day bottom, which was Friday at 22.26. Something happened over the weekend. This thing opened up at um, 28.35. But it continued to go up at 32.52. Now, U.S. Steel has a book value at 44.74. So if this is a bid, if this is a takeover bid, they're still a little bit short, in my humble opinion. Because yeah, you might be buying at a discount, but I don't think they're going to give them a 25% discount because at 44.74. 3108 at this moment in time. It's still like fourteen dollars, that right? Yeah, about thirteen or fourteen dollars below the book value. So that's like a twenty-five percent discount, even though the stock did jump up quite a bit because of it. But here's the thing: what I did, I just so happened to have twenty-five hundred shares. Now, I sold my. Um, I didn't sell my stock. I sold someone the right to buy it from me at the same price I paid for it, the 25. And for that, I collected 345 per share. Okay, so what is that? 
35 per share multiplied 2,500 shares. It's another $8,000. So I got $8,000 from U.S. Steel yesterday, $3,300 or $3,500, whatever it was, from Target yesterday, $900 from Ford from last week, PPG and KMB, just another couple hundred bucks. I'm well over 12% for the, for the week. That's freaking nuts. Most people get that in a year, and I'm getting that for one month and for one week. That's why I say, you know, these situations don't happen all the time. But when they do, just smile, say thank you very much, and move on. Okay, so that's the positions that we carried over. And yes, the numbers are nuts. But I'm not getting too excited because it's just another day. You know, I did make a big, huge mistake at the beginning of the year, and I did lose a big chunk, so this is just making up for some of that. Um, where was I? Where was I? Where was I? Okay, so that's all those positions. Now, let's take a look at the 10 companies that are up on the list for today. Key is the first one. Now, all of these have weekly options because they wouldn't be on this particular list. This is my newest list that I made this year. I deciphered all the stuff that moved good, all the stuff that had good historical performance, and I put them into a list of double creams. You've heard of the expression, it's the cream of the crop. Floats to the top. Yeah, whatever. No, this is way above that. Okay, so key. First one, K-E-Y. Key bank. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about banks. But anyway, a year ago today, we're sitting at 1949. We got a high for the year at 2035. Okay, now, if you remember last year, the beginning of last year, they say, don't expect to make any money in 2023. A lot of companies are going to lose their values. Well, this one lost 50% of its value. Okay, so you have a high at 2023, and then you have a bottom at 846. Okay, so from the middle of August last year until the beginning of March this year, this bad boy went sideways. Now, the middle of March, this thing goes from 17 down to 11, but then continues in the 11 area for about a month and a half and then drops to the new bottom area, which is between 8, sorry, between yeah, 850 and 1080. And it went that direction for like three months. Now, for the last 30 days, this is what we're looking at. 30 days ago today, we're at the 30-day bottom at 10.17. Now, three weeks ago, we got the 30-day high at 13.04. You have your normal profit-taking, profit-taking. And today, we're sitting at 10.71. Okay, is that a bottom? I don't know. But let's take a look at seasonality, see what this thing normally does this time of year. Seasonally speaking, this thing is in a down spin. Not huge, but low enough for me to say, hey, I have nine out of the companies to take a look at. This one doesn't really thrill me, but I will take a look at the numbers and see what they look like. All right, let's go to the trade grid. Put key in there, K-E-Y. Take a look at the numbers, 1071, 1072. The 1050s, 
are going for 30 cents. Well, you take 12 cents right off that 30, and you're down to 18. Okay, 18 cents on a $10 stock is still um, 1.7, 1 1.8% for the week. Okay, I write that one down because it doesn't actually sound that bad. Key is it 1.7 for the day, for the week. Okay, next one on the list would be GLW. GLW, I have no idea who this is. Corning. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a baby boomer. I should have, not baby boomer, I'm a Gen X. I should know Corning, because Corning hit it big back in the 50s and 60s. All right, Corning. 52 weeks ago today was at the 52-week high. And that was 37.73. Now, it took about a month and a half to hit the 52-week low at 29.03. So there's not a huge amount of movement. Was that a $9 movement, which is 30%? Okay, 30% is big. Okay, but it basically... This thing was um, almost channeling stock. Staying between, was at 36 and 30 for just about the whole year. All right, the last 30 days. 30 days ago today, we're sitting at 33.51. We have a 30-day high three weeks ago at 34.70. From there, it just drops and drops and drops. And today, we're at a 30-day bottom at 32.04. Okay, what does that mean? doesn't mean anything at the moment. We need more information. Now, I'm looking at the seasonality chart. This thing's in a downswing all the way up until mid-October. That's not even worthy of a covered call because it's just going down. I'm going to say no thanks to that one. I'm going to look at the trade grid. Okay. <clears throat> so Corning didn't look too good. Now, that doesn't mean Corning is not a good company. It just means for the third quarter. Okay. Corning is not. Oh, you know what? I'll give you a quick little synopsis. There we go. First quarter, I'd say no. Second quarter, I'd say no. Third quarter, I'd say the beginning of the third quarter, Yes. And the beginning of the fourth quarter, from the from the beginning of October, like October second, to oh crap, that's only like the first two weeks of October. Okay, so you get the first two weeks of October, and the first two weeks of September. That's basically it for Corning, in my humble opinion, unless you're shorting it, of course. But no, I'm going to pass on Corning. Uh, eBay. eBay. Ooh, now eBay might be on here because of the high volume. Now eBay definitely looks like a sideways company. My goodness. A year ago today at 48.74. Last October, 35.99 is the bottom of the year. Um, beginning of February, it's the top of the year at 52. Not a lot of movement between the 36 and the 52. Okay, but channeling nicely. You know, between, I was at 42 and 46. 
You could hit it a bunch of times. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And if you did just a channeling between the 4250 and the 4619, you could hit it 12 times. What is channeling? That means when it's at the 46 area, you either sell it or you go short. Then when it goes below the 42, you buy it. When it goes back up to the 47, I mean the 46, sell it. 42, buy it. 46, sell it. 12 times you could have done that with eBay over the year. Let's get back on track. Sorry about that. Um, 17th, there we go. Here we go. Okay, a month ago today, we're at 46.06. 30-day high at 49.48. Two days later, big gap down from 48 to 45, but it kept on going and finally settled at 43.50. Okay, so it gapped down on um, the 27th. Okay, opened at 45.61, but it kept on going and hit low of the day at 43.30. So that's a big drop for that company because it doesn't have a lot of movement. Okay, so we have a new 30-day bottom at 42.50. They're going sideways for a little bit. We're sitting at 43.34. What does eBay normally do this time of year? I don't know. Let's find out. She's hitting the peak. And she's getting ready for a downturn. Okay. eBay. Let's quickly take a look at eBay again. Now, January, eBay's okay. But from January 1st to mid-February, great. She drops back down. Regroups around, looks like mid-June to beginning of August. Perfect. Then from there to the end of the year, it's a downturn. Downslide. And then you get back to January, then you buy it again, beginning of January. Okay, so eBay, I'm going to pass on that. I'm not even going to bother looking at the numbers. LMT. Wait a second, is that right? Oh, okay, sorry, GS, Goldman Sachs. GS. <clears throat> Goldman Sachs, a year ago, was sitting at, we're going to just pass on this one, 355 bucks. Don't even want to bother with my time. LMT, Lockheed Martin, probably the same thing, $400 stock. We're going to pass on that one. Uh, Mickey D's, let's see what Mickey D's is. MCD. So here's the question most people usually get wrong. What business is McDonald's in? What is their main core for their business? Where do they get most of their money? Most people say hamburgers. Well, that would be incorrect. It's real estate. Because if you think about it, every single McDonald's is in an ideal location. The best, One of the best corners of every city is McDonald's. And I believe, don't, you know, don't, don't fact check me on this one, but I believe in order for you to have a McDonald's restaurant, you have to own the land. And you don't own the land. The corporation owns the land. Now, you got to buy the land, turn it over to the McDonald's Corporation, and then you get your franchise. So they own prime real estate, every town, every major city around the globe. They're in real estate. Anyway, they're at 288. Okay, let's take a look at it. All right, year ago today, we're at 264. 
We got a bottom for the year at 231, and that was in end of September last year. Now, no matter which way you look at it, one, two, three, four, five, five times to try to break the 300, and you can't do it. Five times, okay, beginning of May, middle of May, um, end of June, middle of July, end of July. Try to pass that 300 mark, just can't do it. So we got it. <clears throat> All right, here, seven days. We got a 30 day high. All right, 30 days ago, we're sitting with the 294 area. 30 day high is 299.35. Couldn't break that 300. Okay, on the 27th again, 298.90. Still couldn't break that 300. But it did allow a lot of people to take profits. And we have a triple bottom at 286.76. Triple bottom. You can't really fight a triple bottom because it is what it is. Those are the numbers. Today we're sitting at 288.27. What does Mickey D's usually do this time of year? Quickly take a look. Oh. Beautiful escalation. It's going to go sideways right up until mid-October. And then she's going to keep on going up. But is this McDonald's is nice. Steady, continuous growth. Except for from January to March. But end of March to the end of December. Beautiful escalation. You can do covered calls on this all year long. Except for, you know, February, March. Okay, so... That all looks good. So you get those two indicators looking good. So third indicator is going to be the trade grid. M C D. Mickey D's. All right. 288.07, 288.38. That's a big spread. But then again, it is a $30, I mean a $300 stock. Close to $300. At the money right now, 288. The 287 is going for 196. I'm gonna say thank you, but no thank you. I'm not dropping that much money. For that, and just for the fun of it, MCD. What is the book value of MCD? Yeah, negative 821. No thank you. All right. Scratch MCD. Ooh, MCK, which is, I think it's either McKesson or... Oh, I forget the other one. <clears throat> MCK. McCormick. That's what I was thinking. Uh, this is McKesson. But McCormick, those are the ones that make the spices. You look in the spice drawer of your grandma's kitchen, you'll see a whole bunch of red and white containers that will say, I just had it in the top of my head. Anyway, okay, so McKesson. We're going to bypass them. $400 stock. No, thank you. Okay, so that's that. Ooh, that means we only have one left to go. Is that right? Yeah, Lockheed Martin, no thank you. Uh, Mickey D's, no thank you. McKesson, no thank you. $400, th $437, like, yeah, no. And then Goldman Sachs. Wait a minute, what happened with Goldman Sachs? Gee, was that high also? Yeah, I'm getting old. I forgot these things. Yeah, Goldman Sachs, 332 For the fun of it, let's see what Goldman Sachs has as a book value. Holy cow. Really? $317 for a book value? For the fun of it, I'm going to go through the exercise. Because I like it when the stock price is close to the book value. That gives me a sense of 
stability and security. If something goes wrong, I'm getting 317 a share. All right, so at 331. A year ago today, we're sitting at 352. We got a double bottom at 287. End of September, middle of October. We got a double high, beginning of November, and the end of November. And that's at uh, 389. Get your profit taken, go sideways for a little bit, drop down to a new 90 day bottom at 302, went sideways for a little bit. Last 30 days, let's take a quick look. Last 30 days. Okay, 30 days ago today with 30 day bottom, and that was 327. Previous week, I mean the next week, we're at 30 day high at 352. No, I'm sorry, 361. Went sideways for a bit. And then last Monday was a nice number at 355. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, and today, profit taken, profit taken, profit taken. That's my assumption. Granted, I haven't checked a look at the news because I really don't care. I strictly numbers. Um, we're sitting today at 331.80. Okay, so 331.80. All right, 331.61, 332.08. That is a big spread. That's like a 45 cent spread. But then again, it is a $300 stock. Okay, so at the money right now, 331, you're looking at 435. So you're paying $331 for a stock. You're collecting a $4.35 premium to sell it to someone for the same price you paid for it. Or you can do the $3.32.50 for 3 bucks. You can collect the difference between the purchase price and the premium. Oh, look at that. The $3.30 just bumped up to four and a quarter. Anyway, the numbers are all over the place, but it's there. You got your 1%. Well, actually, you get a little bit more than 1% with Goldman Sachs. But I can't do Goldman Sachs because... My wallet's not that deep. Some of you guys may have it, and I bid you, you know, hey, best of luck with Goldman Sachs because the numbers look good. The premium looks good. But it's in a free, I'm not going to say free fall because it looks like it's, you know, halfway decent. Um, on the 24th, which was what, three weeks ago, it was a 30-day high at 361. Went sideways for a little bit. Was that two weeks? Went sideways. And then last Tuesday, that very well could be profit-taking. Until we find a new you know, soft bottom or a solid bottom, I don't know how far it's going to drop. But if you like Goldman Sachs and you don't mind paying 332 share, you can get your 1% by selling someone the right to buy it from you for the exact same amount of money. That seems to be it. I'm way past my 20 minutes. Oh, my goodness. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk. You guys have a great day. I got to keep my eye on PPG. That's the only one I ever really got to keep my eye on. And uh, I have no more money left because all my money's tied up in my positions. Ford, Kimberly Clark, PPG, Target, and U.S. Steel. And you know what? I got no problem with that. All five great companies. Other than that, you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day.